Good morning, January 13th, 2020. Welcome to episode 10 of the Colloquial Koi podcast. Cue that music. One, two, three, four. Good morning, friends. And it is a lovely day to be alive. I beg your pardon for that intro music. I know it's a little long. I'm going to trim it down. But it's one of the little things that I've tweaked and made for this. And so I feel like I have to use it for right now. So yesterday I came across... um, a Twitter post from uh, Timothy Keller. He is a pastor and author. Um, great deal of wisdom there that I find in folks like him. But he had a quote yesterday that I wanted to start this off with and just some of the things that are in my mind. And he said, Our hearts are like a bucket of water on a cold day. They will freeze over unless we regularly smash the ice that is forming. Again, our hearts are like a bucket of water on a cold day. They will freeze over unless we regularly smash the ice that is forming. So... We know the human heart is the seat of human emotion. It tends to culminate, um, I guess, our emotions, I think, is the leading thought. Particularly ones of love and meaning and value, all that good stuff. Um, But I guess for me, the idea of heart... It's that human essence. It's that melding of, you know, the emotional, spiritual, physical into one complicated creation. Uh, Heart, per se, triggers emotions and responses, tends to guide us. Some, Some folks will believe that there's consciousness within the, quote, heart. Uh, but I think it leads to more. 
Um, the idea of an open or loving heart has less to do with a physical uh, physical attribute. It's spiritual. It is... Um, I don't know. I think it's holy. How about that? Uh, and especially recognizing the value of, of that essence uh, and how we respond to life around us. So... I love that quote because life in general, life is this cold outside, you know, we're this vessel, this bucket of water and, um, you know, we, we are in certain environments and certain places and in our surroundings and there's so much meaning and power in water, uh, metaphorically and uh, literally that, that uh, life is, uh, water is a life sustaining force. Uh, but it also has the power to destroy. Um, so there's this same type of, in my mind, same type of parallel in humans. We have this incredible ability to affirm, lift up, make life better, but we also have an inclination to destroy and, and not live with meaning maybe would be the right way to say it but anyhow so that idea you know it, it hit me because there was something else I read this weekend that kind of slapped me in my face you know regarding beliefs and unbelief and you know wrestling with doubt and I, I'm gonna hack it so I won't say it but you know then I came across this post and I was like you know that it really sums up this human existence because certain situations we can let our bucket of ice just freeze completely solid we could be in total isolation uh by choice or not by choice i guess depends and completely harden over and and not have the ability to serve as a bucket of water should and that idea is that you know maybe from a i don't know lack of better terms a farming standpoint you know, a bucket is used to um, provide sustaining resources to livestock, and so it's constantly being uh, emptied and filled, emptied and filled, and not always completely emptied and not always completely filled. Uh, and so in that up and down of life, in those cold moments when life comes at us hard, um, we can freeze up, we can get hard, we can get to the idea that we just don't want to maybe feel. Uh, those that maybe um, struggle or understand addictions, uh, I think that's where that hardening comes from, is the idea to withdraw or close off or create a, a, a hard, hard layer, um, maybe to avoid maybe even one's own mental anguish, outside anguish, I don't know, anyhow. So the idea that our hearts are these buckets and every now and then we have to break that ice. So that means we gotta do things, we gotta be involved, we've gotta be involved in community around us. Years ago I heard somebody say, if you want a new perspective on life, every month go to a wedding or a funeral. Now, 
that sounds a bit morbid, but it's one of those the the gentleman was trained to say, hey, the beautiful things in life, you know, the marriage vows and commitment and what a beautiful time and what a beautiful gathering. And then also the solemn um, mortality of this life and just reflect. But so at least for me, some of the things here recently that kind of, you know, been kind of chopping up the ice buildup in my bucket and around my heart. Um, last week, one of the employees that serve in my department um, retired. He happy trails, happy sails, set off into the sunset after 32 years of service to the same town. 32 years of service. 32 started in 1988 and I just um he was very humble um you know it was great to participate in celebrating with him because it wasn't so much about the job but it was the excitement for a fellow uh water carrier fellow bucket to kind of go out and do something that he wants to now and um so nice send off you know you had treats and we had some gifts for him and um, just great to hear some of his stories, um, you know, that a 32 career, 32 year career could show, uh, in the water business and some of the great stories that, that he was able to share. It just kind of, you know, again, breaks up that, that ice forming, you know, and to see other people interact with that. And then, you know, maybe fantasize about what that day might feel like for some of us when we can turn in our keys and, you know, get emotional about it. Um, but, um, had some great stories and I think about, you know, what that man has seen change in, in the business and what's brilliant is to see how he has adapted over the years. You know, a lot of people can just stick to the old ways and say, Nope, I'm an AM radio guy and that's what I want. Uh, but he adapted and kind of, embrace technology in a way that um, I think made him successful later in his career but um, but just to see that that idea that someone else um, <coughs> just the joy to revel in the joy that <coughs> he can now do what he wants and if he wants to do something he can if he doesn't he doesn't so good for him um, one of the intentional ways that I've been trying to break up the ice around my heart too is I've I've been actively participating in a men's group on Saturdays. Um, folks that know me, I've I've kind of had well my proclivity on some of these matters like this has not always been a positive outlook because more times than not uh, some of these groups. I don't know, were negative and didn't really have a, a goal and it just never felt right. But somehow, some way, I landed in this one with some very authentic uh, people. Um, I think I am one of the few younger ones in the group. So for me, uh, I like to hear other people's perspective, um, where they're at in life and what some of their experiences are and how it relates to mine, again, instead of letting that outside force of life, the up and down, 
pardon me, this is an intentional effort to kind of break up, break up and kind of soften the surface and just hear what other people have to say, you know, and, and if moved, I'll share something, but traditionally in these type of settings, it, it used to feel like, uh, and maybe it was just maybe immature groups that I was part of, but, you know, maybe the idea who could over talk or outwit the next person with some brilliant assessment on something so simple if everybody would just understand like I do um, but it's very intentional just to hear the humility in other people obviously reading through some scriptures and just life application stuff but but also to hear uh, and again I there's always been this leading thought that um, whether right or wrong or even probably true this idea of lack of authentic conversation in faith circles and and I don't know why we haven't embraced this rawness before this idea that one we don't have it all figured out two that there are some truths that we can cling to and and one of those truths are if the apostle Paul himself said that he was the chief of all sinners, uh, then who am I in comparison even to him, let alone Christ? So this idea that, you know, the men's groups of old, at least this is just me speaking, hopefully maybe some folks or even women out there have had better experiences than I, but it's almost like, you know, how many masks can we wear to prop up this idea that we got it all together? And so I guess it took me... 40 years, 39, 40 years to find a group of people that were okay with being where they were at and, and not feeling like they have to be someone they're not and just uh, well, I find that refreshing. So again, it's it's kind of breaking up the breaking up that ice around the heart that so easily builds up I have someone say that um, in that group too that there's just people all around us that are that are dealing with this. So why why not embrace it? Why not kind of live in the idea that we don't have it all together and, and um, life is more complicated and a series of ups and downs and it's okay to embrace it and live in it um, you know kind of like this semi that keeps kind of jockeying me and passing me passing me slowing down passing me slowing down passing me slowing down you know it's okay buddy but I think a lot of times we want to click on the cruise control and coast at a rate that, that we want but maybe that's not always in the cards so that idea of our heart, or maybe our lives, maybe that's what it is, this chipping away, keeping this ice from forming, um, you know, the idea is to kind of keep, keep in tune with life around us, that there are some very, very good things, that there are also things that need to humble us, and there are also things that maybe we need to take five minutes and reflect on as it relates to to our own existence uh, 
because um, again, if we talk, you know, the hardening of that water in that bucket is isolation. So then that means we have a narrow worldview. We only care about what happens on our block or our street or only in our car or in our house. And we don't look through the world with this lens of, I guess, life around us. So in the midst of this weekend, you know, I kind of felt like this sympathetic approach of what's going on around us. You know, I I get these notifications on my phone for the Weather Channel app and you know, throughout the weekend, you know, I had like three or four notifications and it kind of slapped me in the face. Um, you know, one of them, there was uh, a potential for a volcano eruption in the Philippines and 20 foot high lakeshore waves in Chicago because of the wind. Um, more damaging earthquakes in Puerto Rico. Um, there's another one, but I can't remember it. But, you know, there's just unsettling things going on around. And then you talk about wars and rumors of wars and red states, blue states, back and forth. And, you know, and sometimes sometimes there's so much chaos and so much maybe vitriol, vitriol and angst with people. Sometimes maybe that isolation comes from... It just breaks your heart and you close the door and don't want to see it, maybe. I don't know, but uh, it's it's easy to close ourselves off to these things. And this idea, I will again say, um, it breaks my heart. I, I saw one video, and again, we have to first understand, believe it or not, look it up, do your own research. The CIA in the 60s, had reasons to be involved in propaganda and what we call our common day media and news outlets today. The messages that we receive are no mistake. Uh, the messages that we receive have a, a reason behind them, and I will again say it's all about control of the masses. But I think there are in this day and age with... Uh, well, until the Freedom of Internet Act, which seems to maybe reduce freedom of speech and kind of slow down the Internet. But uh, just getting messages and words out to people from a common from a common folk standpoint. And I just saw this uh, video, and, I, you know, I, I can't remember the... I don't even know if it was a news outlet, but, you know, some Iranian uh, young person, I mean, probably 30s, you know, just in tears over some of the stuff that's going on, you know, and, and we right now live in a place where we we don't live under threat of attack, our, our world's not disrupted by, by thought of attack yet, and, you know, no matter how it happens, these people are living in unrest and just the tears of this guy, and, you know, and it said something about, you know, he loves America, but doesn't love what our president's doing, and you know, how is it um, that we can see this and not be moved by it? That's my point. So as I as I process things like this and go through and kind of try and make sense of life around me, um, I recall a speech uh, by Martin Luther King 
April 4th, 1967. Um, you can look online and find a full transcript. It's actually a great speech where he goes to a church and uh, does a, a, a message. Uh, it was called Beyond Vietnam. Um, and so basically he's talking about, well, everything that was going on in Vietnam and, you know, as him as a, a domestic um, civil rights activist. Uh, one of the quotes that I had to write down and share with this, that I th- it applies today. This is, again, uh, uh, breaking that ice around our heart and bucket. So he says, quote, A true revolution of values will lay hand on the world order and say of war, this way of settling differences is not just. This business of... I can't read my handwriting. This business of killing human beings with napalm is not just. A nation that continues year after year to spend more money on military defense than on progressive social uplift programs for people is approaching spiritual death. America is the most powerful nation in the world and can lead the way in this revolution of values. So, even in 1960, what did I say, 67, what was going on with the war machine then, even with disruption at home, you had people around saying, this way of settling our differences is not just. Of, of killing people with napalm. And... And so he goes on, too, in this process that, you know, with this war machine, we're also creating, in his best words, I think it was psychologically deranged, deranged, deranged people that were asking to go to war for us and then not having programs for them when they came home. So I think we can recall at least what we know of history. A lot of these folks came home from Vietnam and, you know, were not treated well and then psychologically they went through some hardship and and so I, I love where he says that you know the idea if we spend more money year after year spend more money on military defense than on social uplift programs for people we are approaching spiritual death and so here we are is that 40 or 50 years later we invest into a war machine and not invest in people and we wonder why we look around and see hardened hearts buckets of water frozen over because this this thirst of me this thirst of I want and my comfort seems to supersede any other logical reasoning So, again, I, I go back to that idea. If, if, we, if we shake ourselves of this frost around our heart or this ice around our heart, we have to kind of question motives. Um, I think we have to look at, look at what the end game is or should be or what... what what outcome are we after in, in anything? 
and then maybe you see the world in a different eye a different filter around you when you look to see that you know there's just a lot of struggling hurt people and and issues around us are thrust on struggling and hurting people and it just causes more hurt and I think again where I go back to that that speech that I first heard uh, there was a song maybe 10 years ago um, that Lincoln Park did and dubbed in parts of that speech you know and of course they only cued in parts of it and I'm like hey, I gotta find this speech and that speech top to bottom is unbelievable um, but part of the song goes on I can't remember if the song's called Wretched Kings or Rich anyhow so part of it he talks about you know um, a true revolution of values you know a true revolution of, a revolution of values will you know cause us to question you know um, racism and you know cause us to question uh, the poor and cause us to question all these things that we look around and say what is it that we value and so unfortunately when I look at where we're at right now America is a people overall. Maybe it's the people that lead us. I don't know. What we value is money and control, money and power. And so in this speech as he's laying it out, and it's kind of brilliant, and he says some of these struggles that we see and happen cannot be reconciled by wisdom, justice, and love. And so I sit there and say, well, then what can it be reconciled by? If we can't reconcile this issue wisdom justice and love um it's through prayer it's through self-service and in, in in seeking out um what a true picture of a meaningful life looks like you know and, and again justice is one thing i i come and go on the idea of justice and but that's just me, but can't be reconciled with wisdom, justice, and love. And I think if you drill down into that speech some more, even he says it in some ways, while social uplift programs can help, and this is, again, equipping people that can't equip themselves or, or providing support for those that otherwise wouldn't have it. I think that's what we're supposed to do as a people. Um, the idea of some people saying, well, government shouldn't fix everyone's problems. Well, to a degree, we don't want to enable more problems, but the idea that we are to help others and uplift the others, I think, is built within the foundations of, of, of being human. And, and I'll even refer to the original church, the New Testament church, when they started off. You know, they didn't come together with their, you know, money and, and um, whatever wealth or resources they had. They didn't do that to, you know, pay for a building or, or pay this person or pay that person. They did it so people had what they needed. If there was a need, that, that they loved and cared for each other. And I think we have to do that as a people. Um, and, you know, people complain about taxes. Well, another one of my tax dollars going to XYZ. Well, good luck. 
Uh, as a person that works for the government, I don't see a scenario ever where taxes are reduced. And if you hear a politician saying he'll reduce taxes, he is just trying to get your vote. Okay? <laughs> the cost, as you know, of living in this world and everything else that happens, it doesn't get any cheaper. And it, Anyhow, I digress. But the idea that this stuff cannot be fixed by... By legislating morality, it can't be fixed by forcing democracy, it can't be fixed by forcing free will, all these things. It begins with a humility and humbleness of a person that is motivated to serve others before self. And the power of prayer, communing with the Almighty, if you want my honest to God opinion. So, um, anyhow... That's some Monday thoughts, uh, but I would like to close today, if you don't mind, and when I think about some of the genuine people that I've conversed with and some of the people that I come in contact with, again, we all have our stuff, right? Sometimes it's hard to admit, sometimes it's uncomfortable to say, but it is what it is, right? Um, so, uh, Psalms, the Old Testament... Psalms chapter 9, verse 9. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressive, a stronghold in times of trouble. And so this idea that our strength comes from leaning on someone else is maybe difficult to process when we're taught from a very young age just by all the institutions around us and you know, it's about making a name for yourself, build a name for yourself, do this, do that. You're your best uh, advocate, so on and so forth. But our stronghold is in the Lord, and and it goes back to that that bucket analogy. You know, if we are a vessel of water, um, we are a container that has capacity for a great deal of meaning and purpose. Um, the idea that we get used again, is passive. We're just available and ready. You know, the idea that we're able to be poured out on others, show love to others, put others before ourselves, it's a passive thing. If I'm a bucket of water, I got no arms and legs. And if somebody needs a drink, they're coming for it. And it's the same idea, too, if I'm sitting there waiting to be a part of whatever purpose that I've been put into, I also got to lean on some outside sources, other people, to help me break that ice that'll build up and that ice around my heart. So, um, I just there's some beauty that's weaved in there. How how one little Twitter post can, I guess, give me these kinds of words. So, anyhow, it is Monday, folks. Have a great day. Have a great Monday. Make it count. Be uh, be that bucket of love and hope. Share that love and hope with others. And be willing to reconcile the need to have that ice chipped away. So, happy chippings. Happy Mondays. Talk to you. Bye.
Okay.